And I always say that sometimes when something really terrible, terrible happens to you, look for the meaning. Like, don't get down on yourself for being rejected, especially right now with COVID, whether you're looking for work or whatever it is, because those rejections do you a favor. That loss will do you a favor. You will, if you look for the meaning through that and really go dive deep into that pain and those lessons, you will come out a stronger person into another chapter. Your inner voice has been drowned out by the noise around you, but you've always had a deep desire to make a difference. And now you're ready to step into your greatness and develop the identity you need to build towards your ultimate goal. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Making the world a better place by unleashing human potential will help you create your own reality by increasing your self-awareness, cultivating an unstoppable mindset, and finally finding the passion, purpose, and true self so that you can live the life you are always destined to live. Now, welcome your host, a lifelong learner and growth mindset savant, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Tibor Nagy. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to support you, to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast episode topics or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday in the Facebook group where I interview one of our community members. We talk about mindset, personal development and entrepreneurship, but more importantly, I wanted to interview the members of the Mindset Nation community so that we can get to know each other even more. You can join the community at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash MindsetNation. Once again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash MindsetNation. Or simply go to our website, MindsetHorizon.com. And in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says MindsetNation. And there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And now let me introduce today's guest. So today I'm joined by Janine Bernstein, who is a writer, speaker, radio host, and producer with KUCI 88.9 FM. She earned a doctorate from Boston University and received degrees from Syracuse University in communications and education. Last year, her first book, Get the Funk Out, Stuff Happens, What to Do Next, about creating resilience and strength through life's curveballs, was published by Post Hill Press and distributed by Simon & Schuster. She currently speaks to kids and adults about finding resilience in challenging times and making mental, physical, and emotional health a priority. Her new online series, Outside the Box, features industry experts sharing advice on how to find work remotely or pivot to a new venture. At the beginning of today's episode, we talk about Janine's personal story, how she found purpose and meaning in her life, how she started her radio show, Get the Funk Out, and wrote her book, Get the Funk Out, Stuff Happens, What to Do Next. In the middle of the episode, we talk about the so-called GTFO acronym that not only stands for Get the Funk Out, but also for gratitude, thoughtfulness, flow, and optimism, and Janine shares useful insights to each of those topics. 
Closer to the end, we elaborate on the idea that it's never too late to start something new in your life, and Janine and I both share our personal stories of how we shifted gears in our professional lives. If you want to find out more about today's guest, then check out the free resources, book recommendations, and detailed show notes. Simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. You can also use the search bar on our website where you can simply type in Janine Bernstein to find the episode's show notes page. And so Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Janine, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show, my second podcast. We had a great conversation on the other podcast, Podcast Interview Mastery. We talked a little bit more about how to become a great interviewer, but today I actually want to focus a little bit more on your story and the book that you wrote, uh, Get the Funk Out, Pizza Happens, What to Do Next. Or (laughs) (laughs) it does not happen. (laughs) You need to clarify that. (laughs) Or um or hamburger happens. Stuff, stuff, stuff happens. (laughs) Stuff happens. Okay, so get the funk out, stuff happens, what to do next. You've also had the radio show Get the Funk Out. You started it in twenty eleven, if I'm not mistaken. And I kinda like wanna dive deeper into the story, how you how you got there. Well, at first I was on the station in 2007 and I started a music show called Moms Rock the House because I love music and I love connecting with women in music and I play guitar. But at the end of 2010, I lost a dear friend of mine from high school. It was sudden, it was shocking, devastating, and I couldn't breathe. And I was in this terrible, terrible funk and I decided I would take a year off from being on air and kind of figure out my feelings and what my next move would be. And very shortly into that time, I thought, I don't think I want to go back and just be a DJ and, and I, you know, interview artists. I want to have a talk show and something meaningful. And I came up with the idea of get the funk out show. Although the only person who didn't like it was my dad, <laughs> which, was, <laughs> which was surprising because he was the king of the F-bomb. Um, yeah. But he just thought it would be too much, but I, I went literally went to a party and I was talking to friends and family. I'm like, what do you think of this idea? And they would laugh and they said, I love it. I love it. And I did too, truthfully, I would have done it whether people liked it or not. So what happened was it became a way for me to connect with other people by sharing my own situation, but more so giving them a platform to share what they went through. Maybe they went through cancer losing a loved one, 9-11, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And people from all different industries. And it became such a gift to me. Wow. So you mentioned there was a one year, there was one year where you had a, had this pause. And so I was wondering if you were in funk and then if so, what did you do to get out of that funk or what happened there? Well, it's, it's funny you're asking me this because I, I give these talks on self-care and resilience and I always say there's two paths, the negative path, the negative road where you have negative behaviors, negative self-talk, which is terrible for you. And then there's the positive road, the positive self-talk, the positive self-care. And at first I thought I was doing positive behaviors, but and I was going to an exercise class almost every day. It was a weight class. 
But what happened was I overdid it because of grief and my emotions. And I wasn't paying attention to my body. And I actually tore something in my shoulder, which I didn't even realize. And I was doing these weights in this class. And I just thought, ow, that kind of hurts. And then I would swim almost every day. Not crazy swimming, but just kind of like I would jog in the pool and do the breaststroke and all that. And I would do a lot of thinking about my friend. Um, But I overdid it. And so my point to all this is you have to really pay attention to what can you do when you are in a funk and you have to see, are my behaviors moving me in a positive direction, even if it's one small step, because no one can tell you when it's time to move out of your grief. You have to move out at your own pace, slowly, one step at a time. And because, you know, it's been almost 10 years and I'm still not over I won't, I'll never get over the death of my friend or the loss of my dad, but I have moved forward in positive ways. Wow, that's that's really interesting. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that. I was just wondering because in one of your interviews, you talked about you know feeling lost in terms of not knowing what the direction was. I was wondering if it was before that or was it that one year pause? It probably was coming. I probably, I was having this feeling of, I need to do something more meaningful with my life. And as much as I loved being a DJ and interviewing people, and I was, I was producing a couple of music events, I still thought there was something more for me, something greater, a greater purpose. And, and I always say that sometimes when something really terrible, terrible happens to you, look for the meaning like, don't get down on yourself for being rejected, especially right now with COVID, whether you're looking for work or whatever it is, because those rejections do you a favor. That loss will do you a favor. You will, if you look for the meaning through that and really go dive deep into that pain and those lessons, you will come out a stronger person into another chapter. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And uh, you've mentioned one thing is purpose and another thing is meaning. And I can imagine that a lot of people feel the same way. And so how did you find this meaning? You know, you started, get the funk out, and there was a bigger purpose and meaning. So what was it and how did you find it? Well, what was interesting was I would always write in a notebook. I've always loved writing since I was about 14 or 15. I had an amazing Mm -hmm. writing teacher. And we all adored her. Anybody who had this teacher, Mrs. Katie in Connecticut, we just loved her. And so I got used to writing in notebooks. It wasn't so much a journal. It was like short stories or short stories of my life. So when my major funk hit in 2010, I started writing all kinds of stories about my life. And then I thought, what's a funk? And I, I come from a background when I went to graduate school at BU in qualitative research. So mm-hmm. by that, I mean like, breaking everything down into defining it. What's a funk? Where does it come from? What are the ways to get over it? What are the types of funks? And just flushing it out on paper in my own way, not judging my writing, which is very important. Mm -hmm. And then when I found out my dad had cancer, August, 2015, I wrote, wrote even more. I just kept writing and writing. And having the radio show was so helpful and so cathartic because it just kept me having a sense of purpose. And I felt like every conversation, every book, every film, any, anything that was sent to me from a PR rep or someone was a gift. And it was strangely timely sometimes like 
I'd get this book with a funny title, like, um, you know, about just when you think you're feeling good, things start to sag, you know, or, yeah. or, or things about creativity, which I love or, or the arts. So it just, it just opened me up by, I think by allowing myself to be so brave to put my grief out there and talking about it on my radio show and then asking 24 people from my radio show to be in my book. It just, um, it just made me grow more. And I kept seeing opportunity to grow and I would move in that direction, which is so important. Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest, or when it comes to becoming a great podcaster, one thing is being vulnerable as a host. And um, I think, you know, being vulnerable and being strong and, and vulnerability is, is when you share your story and then being strong is kind of like when you show that show people that it's possible to move through something that you share, um, maybe a past story or something. I, I was going to share something with you, which is interesting. I was interview, in, I was actually interviewing somebody this week, and we were talking about public speaking, which I've always not been comfortable with. And all of a sudden, I realized where that stemmed from because I told her that when I was in high school, I was very nervous giving a presentation, but I also realized later I was not prepared and I didn't know my stuff. So then of course I'm going to be nervous, but also I realized for the first time that that nervousness being in the front of the room stemmed from when I was in third grade Mm -hmm. and I was living in New York and my teacher had this thing where she would have people vote on who would be like the class president for the week. And I got elected and I was an introvert and I thought, how did I get elected? So I get elected and I come in, I'm so excited. She's drawing a picture of me. I go to the front of the room, I'm smiling. I go to thank everybody. And all of a sudden there's giggling and people are pointing to me, my friends, to my fly is unzipped. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I am mortified. Meanwhile, I'm only in third grade, but I was mortified. And that, I think, stuck with me that I never wanted to be in the front of the room again. I I, I bet, maybe subconsciously, if if not consciously. And I I had similar experiences with public speaking. (laughs) And I think this is one of the biggest... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and this is one of the biggest fears of a lot of people, I guess. I mean, in terms of we all had some bad experiences. And uh, and I actually had a rapid transformational therapy session, RTT session with someone. I was helping her out and I was the guinea pig. And she wanted to practice. And um, we kind of like traveled back to the past where I had a bad experience with public speaking. And I, I, as far as I could go back, it was in high school when I wanted See? to press, yeah, I wanted to present something. And my teacher said, speak louder, speak louder. And I was like, uh. and I, I kind of like, you know, had this experience or meaning in my head or representation that I can speak loud enough. So I'm kind of like, you know, I'm shrinking, shrinking in front of the class, basically. Yes, yes. And the teacher is reinforcing that whole experience. Of course, of course. Uh, one thing I want to share with your listeners that has helped me as like almost a form of therapy was taking acting classes. And I met an older actress at an alumni event, a Syracuse alumni event. And she, I told her, I, wow, I'd love to get into voice acting because she, she was an actress. 
And she told me to call her teacher. I don't know if I had told you that story previously, but I called her teacher. I signed up for her classes and I was so nervous. I thought, please don't call on me. Don't call on me. And I (laughs) stayed in the back of the room and she called on this woman in the front who was equally nervous, if not more. And I could feel her pain. And the teacher whispered in the woman's ear something we didn't know. And the woman says, I can't do that. And she's laughing and her face is turning red. And the next thing we know, the woman is skipping around the room, reading a commercial, but swearing every fourth word or so and laughing. And so I realized like, wait, I I can be myself. So by the time it was my turn, I was not nervous. I was laughing. And what happens is with me and a lot of people is we overthink. So years ago, I would have overthought this conversation with you Mm -hmm. and I would have been nervous, but with, with improv, I, you know, I studied the groundlings and UCB or any kind of acting you you do not overthink. You put yourself out there in character or whatever, and you just go with it. I couldn't agree more. And one of the things that you also talk about is is the flow mm-hmm. um, when it comes to GTFO. And we're going to get into that. But we have this inner critic. And, and when we get into the flow, I think it disappears. And then because you got into radio and then um, voiceover and so many things, speaking, writing, and you managed to quote unquote overcome this fear of you know putting yourself out there and you stepped out of your comfort zone and um yeah i was wondering if we could get into the get the funk out basically one of the things i've mentioned already is it's also an acronym so would you talk to us a little bit more about that sure but let me just say i still have a tendency to get nervous i i just have this innate ability to now I can get through it. You know, I don't agonize, but recognizing who you are and what you battle is, is a fantastic thing, whether you're an entrepreneur or whatever you're doing and to recognize and own up to it. And so I do get anxious. I still, I, I do stress about things, but managing it, which brings me to GTFO is mm. really key. I want to, I want to tell people that because some people, we, we just can't get over all of our issues sometimes and that's okay yeah yeah absolutely and the reason why i said quote-unquote overcome because you know we have this fear response and it will kick in it's it's not something that we can overcome so to speak the fear or anxiety or nervousness is going to be there exactly so i will share with you gtfo because when i when i wrote this book um I, as I said, I featured 24 people from my show and I share stories of things I went through and the lessons I learned. And, but I, I created an ebook based on uh, Get the Funk Out. And it's basically uh, when I talk about self care and resilience, four key things, especially now with COVID, these are mm. four key things. And some of it does stem from the field of positive psychology because I've given uh, talks and I've been in panels about, you know, what do we do and what is flow? So when I talk about um, GTFO, I talk about gratitude and really dialing into what are the things and the people that you are grateful for? Because that makes us mindful uh, and stops all the other nonsense because everything is so busy and stressful and we're on our phones. And for me, years ago, it was actually writing to that creative writing teacher and telling her how grateful I am 
to have been a student of hers and what she meant to me. And because of her, I wrote this first book. Mm, wow. So, yeah. So really, you know, keep a journal or pick up the phone. Too many people are texting. Pick up the phone and call that person. Or if you're in a disagreement with somebody, now is the perfect time during this quarantine to say, to be the bigger person, you know, even if you think we're totally wrong, <laughs> <laughs> just be the bigger person, you know, and hi, you know, um, yeah. you know, wish well, check in with them, you know, things like that. So that's gratitude. And then thoughtfulness is so essential. Thoughtfulness to yourself, to me, is the most important thing you can do. And if you're an entrepreneur, your mindset has to be taking care of your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. And spiritual could be sitting out under that tree, a beautiful tree, and reading a book or lying on a blanket and staring at the clouds. But just taking care of yourself because that is so important right now. And then thoughtfulness for other people, being kind, and being compassionate. And, you know, and you asking, you know, Janine, how are you? No, really, how are you? That is so important right now. So reaching out and asking people, can I help you? Do you need something? If you have a neighbor who's elderly and they live alone, imagine what it would mean. Oh, yeah. Hi, yeah. I, do you need anything? You know, do you, do you need some bread at the store? I'm going to the store or, you know, you need something. You need your lawn mowed, something, anything. So being thoughtful is very, very important right now. Um, and then flow. Flow can really help anybody right now because it, whether you're musical, you know what it's like to get into the state where where time just flies by. So for me, I'll play guitar for an, a couple hours if I'm lucky to carve out that time. So and, cool. And then it, it's just, it's hypnotic to me. I don't have to be learning a song. I can just be working on what's called a mode or scales or whatever, and then putting on a, a delay effect and then maybe like a, um, like a heavy metal effect and then just getting enmeshed in creating and learning something that's challenging, but not too challenging. And it's so, it makes you so positive and so optimistic. And I think it helps me sleep better. And then, uh, so G gratitude, thoughtfulness, uh, flow, and then optimism, like, we all need a sense of optimism right now because there's so much negativity right now. And, and I want to add that the people that are happy people, they have certain habits that they do, but there are three real, really important things that affect our happiness. There, there's a um, researcher. There's a, there's a woman, Sonia Lubomirsky. She's a researcher here at um, UC Riverside. And she talks about, and has researched um, the science of happiness. And she talks about these three things that impact our happiness. So genetics. So if your parents were typically not the happiest people, chances are that could impact you in some way. So genetics, your life circumstances. So of course, we're going to feel down, depressed, et cetera, et cetera, especially kids right now in schools and colleges about COVID because this is not in our control. Okay. So that's genetics, life circumstances. But the third thing that affects our happiness is something we have control over, which is our choices. So how we take care of our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health is so important. So when 
for instance, when I was little, I ate so much junk food, so much McDonald's, and I was a depressed, tired kid. But now I know, no, that's not the formula for me that's going to make me have the most energy or the best mood. I know what works for me. Wow, that's that's really, really interesting. And I wanted to get back to some of those things. For example, gratitude. This is mm -hmm. something I think that's um, really important and sometimes I miss, to be honest and to tell the truth here. Because what I realize is sometimes I just push myself, especially with to-do lists and projects and whatever, and I forget to think about the things and appreciate the things that I have or I, or I am as a person today. Sure. Because I'm always aspiring to be more, have more, do more. And uh, it's interesting, but I think it's really important. And what I did uh, for a while was in the evening, but I oftentimes I miss this. So I have a morning routine that I don't really miss mm -hmm. where I put down some ideas in my journal uh, connected to my vision. But again, it's like what I want to achieve. So gratitude is, is missing a little bit, but it's important because then you can appreciate what you have, who you are. And uh, what you do today, which is connected to the present and not, you know, worrying about the past or the future and also connected to the negativity bias that we tend to focus on the negative things. And when you are grateful, you're not focusing on what's not working. You're focusing on being grateful for somebody or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm guilty because I tend to miss this practice, although I know that it would be important. You know, sometimes I finish late and then I, yeah, I'm a little bit tired, so I'm going to go to bed <laughs> instead of, you know, putting down what I'm, what I have, for example, accomplished today or what I'm grateful for today. Yes. But it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing. Well, and I just want to add that, especially right now, when people are going through personal or professional issues, I mean, here we have over 40 million people out of work. So for you to just take a moment and disconnect from your phone, from everybody else, close the door or go outside and say, what are the things I can be most grateful for right now? Okay. I got a roof over my head. I've got food. I've got people that care about me, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then just breathe. Because if you, if you don't take care of yourself, you cannot be your best self and people can tell. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another thing is the flow. And uh, I'm glad to hear that you play guitar <laughs> because I'm sure that you can get into this flow state. When I, when I get into flow state is, for example, when I conduct interviews is one or when I journal. I think the biggest, as you've said, the biggest benefit of being in this state is that you forget other things and this inner critic disappears and then you don't think about those things, right? So... For example, I, I think about public speaking now. So when you're getting into this flow state while speaking, you kind of like forget about the other things that you were thinking about before getting on stage. You're just speaking, for example. And then I think that's that's the goal in a conversation for me or when speaking to get into a flow state and, and, and staying there and staying there. So how long have you been playing guitar? <laughs> well, I started when I was 10. And wow. I... I stopped for a while. Um, I did have, and I won't mention names, but I had some people in my household that would say, oh, you're playing that again. And that was a terrible detriment to my self-esteem and my playing. And at 10, I could actually read music. I was playing classical. 
I had a wonderful teacher, but then I just stopped, you know, as a kid, you get into other things. And then I, my dad bought me my first electric guitar at 14 and my lessons were terrible. I, I, I don't think the teacher either knew how to teach, mm-hmm. knew how to play, or didn't think a girl would play electric guitar long-term because all I learned would like the chorus to different songs and I didn't know any better. What is up, Mindset Nation? I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode and we're going to get back to this conversation very soon after thanking to our sponsors. I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations and want to learn more about mindset, entrepreneurship, or podcasting, or simply you want to hang out with other like-minded listeners, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast, episode topics, or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday for at least 30 minutes so that we can get to know each other even more. I can answer your questions or teach you more about mindset, entrepreneurship, content marketing, branding, or podcasting. You can join the Mindset Nation community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash mindset nation. Once again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash mindset nation, or simply go to our website, mindsethorizon.com. And in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says Mindset Nation. And there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And until then, be limitless, my friend. As a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and changemaker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility and scale your impact and business, I have good news for you. I provide one-on-one mentoring and group coaching programs where I teach how to start your own epic podcast from scratch, build credibility and scale your online presence and business. You can read more about these services at mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. On top of all that, I provide a 30-minute free discovery call where we can see if podcasting is something that can help you scale your brand and business. You can book a free discovery call with me at mindsethorizon.com forward slash free call. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash free call. Or simply shoot me an email at tibor at mindsethorizon.com. That's T-I-B-O-R, tibor at mindsethorizon.com. So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's get back to today's mindset transforming conversation. Flash forward, I was living in Boston and I had a horrible breakup and also lost my job around the same time. So I was having these dreams of being an amazing guitarist. And after the third night in a row of seeing myself playing electric guitar, I thought, this is ridiculous. This is such a sign so I got up the next day, made some phone calls, and I found a teacher that, that used to go to the Berkeley School of Music. And 
I signed up and I took guitar with him for nine years. Wow. Wow. That's the- so exciting. It was the best thing. My my friends would say, where are you? Are, are you dating somebody else? I'm like, no, I stay home and play guitar. <laughs> did you play in a band? <laughs> at, at one point I did. I played with um, a bunch of girls in Boston. And then when I got out here, I played in uh, two bands. I still am not where I want to be. And that I played with them a while ago. So lately I thought there's never been a better time. And I'll say this to anybody listening. Never been a better time to revisit an instrument or learn a new one than right now. Wow, I couldn't agree more. And I was playing with the idea of <laughs> learning how to be a DJ. So I was interested in yes. electronic music, but not producing music in the first place. Like first, just start with, let's say, how to mix music and then uh, learn then how to produce. Absolutely. Have you seen those Ableton Live videos and all the... Um I, I look at all the things people are doing with uh, digital workstations and the effects. Yeah, so I, I kind of like have some tutorials connected to Ableton, so I might want to check that out. But actually, I found here a <laughs> a workshop here in Budapest where I live. So this is actually one thing that you talk about in your book. Mm-hmm. So it's never too late to try something new, right? So I think you talk about similar things, right? Yes. And ironically, my, my late friend, Shannon, who passed away, she had this great quote in the bottom of her email signatures, mm-hmm. which was this. It was by George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Mm, I love that. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> I got the chills. <laughs> right? Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, I when I started this whole thing, I used to work as an architect and I and I had a vision and then I'm following this vision and I mentioned that I put down my visions in the journal and when I and when I write it down, I write it in a way that as if it was happening right now, so as I'm living this vision as a reality already. I really like that because that helps me having this person in mind who who I'm aspiring to become. Yes. That's, a, that's an exercise that I do. And uh, one of the things that you've mentioned connected to happiness is we want to focus on what we can control. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't agree more because I think a lot of times we focus on what we can control. And now maybe the most obvious that we can think of is the news. So we don't really have too much control over that. We can consume. So I... I always try to be very cautious what I consume mm-hmm. or intentional, let's say so, about what I consume. Podcasts, yes. radio, TV, whatever it is, even films or information, friends, and then kind of like we want to focus on what we can control. So I think that's that's a big takeaway there for the listeners. I think that's essential. I, I just want to add to that. The reason I think that is so essential is because for me, if I feel like, for instance, I never watched scary movies because I, I had a glimpse when I was little and I have no way I don't, they upset me. I won't sleep well. And as it is, sometimes I don't sleep well if I have a lot on my mind. So I wouldn't do that to myself. I control how much I really watch and take in and, and I control how I spend my time because I feel like time should be savor, savored. And I don't tend to watch TV ever at night, uh, occasionally on the weekend. But at night, if I carve out time, I will, 
I will write. I started writing more uh, short scripts, which is another form of creative writing, and flow or guitar. And other than that, I would never put the news on at night. I would never have upsetting conversations. I, I think now's the time to really take care of treating yourself the best. Like, you know, my days of eating pizza at midnight are over. You know? <laughs> <laughs> pizza happens. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I was wondering about some of your practices that you either had in the past to get the funk out because you've mentioned writing and I suppose that's, that's something that helped you. Yes. And maybe you can talk to us a little bit more about how you did that or what you wrote about. Maybe it's, you know, gratitude or something or other, any other practices that you think could be helpful to the listeners. They might be able to implement it. Back in the day when we used to fly on planes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I can remember. Remember those days? Um, I would travel with a notebook. So I would recommend when you do travel again or wherever you are, have a notebook with you. It could be a small one. And write. And for me, I wanted to write down my experiences growing up in New York City because I had so many crazy stories of things that had happened, different mm -hmm. people. Um, and it was also a form of therapy for me because I wasn't the closest to my mother. So crazy things I went through, I did, I learned, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I value that more. I think it helped me. I, I actually appreciate the things she did for me more, even though at the time I wouldn't have. And I would say, just write, write. Don't write and edit yourself. Just throw it out there. No one has to see it. If you want to hide it away, that's fine. But what I did was I wrote different things that happened as short stories. And I participated in something called the National Novel Writing Month, uh, November, 2017. And I wrote a novel, 160 pages in 30 days. And wow. what did I do with it? It's sitting on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt Next like book. that. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I thought it was going to be my first book, but I thought, no, I don't want it to be me, me, me. Um, some of it's very funny, very touching, but it was an excellent draft and very cathartic. So I will revisit it. But that's what I mean. Like you will forget those gems. I think you want to write them down and keep doing that. Writing's a wonderful way to express yourself or work through things you're struggling with. I love that. I don't do writing. I'm just thinking right now because I, I put down my visions but I should probably also, you know, write down some uh, some of my stories that things that are happening. And uh, with get the funk out, so the radio show and the book, you are on your path, purpose, yes. meaning. And there's another project that you started, if I'm not mistaken, since COVID. So I was giving a lot of talks on self care and resilience in person, and then I started doing it through Zoom. And it's wonderful. I still do them for students and staff and faculty and anybody. And I got to thinking, okay, wait a minute. This is so important. This is so, this is showing compassion and empathy. However, what about the 40 million people out of work? What could I do to add value right now to be incredibly kind and compassionate and give people information based on my skill set, based on what I can offer? And I came up with the idea of a new series called Outside the Box. And mm. I was thinking, I want people to know that they should, now's the time to definitely think outside the box and to pivot. 
And even though it might be uncomfortable, we have to. So maybe people are looking for work remotely or they are looking to start a new venture. So I started interviewing experts, different industries, but then I just took it a step further since you and I spoke. Oh, really? I, yeah, I have started a mentoring series that is now going to be launching in uh, my high school and also Syracuse University, where I went to college and other places as well. And I have this whole model and this blueprint where I have a panel, and that includes, let's say, for instance, two or three college students talking to specific mentors in the industries that they are interested in. Mm-hmm. And then other students can listen in and, and respond in the chat and there's interactive activities. And it's like the exact model of my show, but the audience are, are students, students in um, mi- middle school, high school who wanted internships that are so down right now and college students, because we are in the midst of a mental health pandemic. And I thought, what better way could I do, could I create something than creating the sense of optimism and, and you know, providing conversations? It's really interesting. And I was wondering if, if it makes sense to share with the listeners where it is exactly uh, in terms of location. Sure. Because if you, well, there's a couple things. If you are a teacher in a school, mm-hmm. whether it's a high school, middle school, or a college Um, I'm creating these custom panels. So for instance, we can take your alumni from your high school and we can pair them with students who are interested in being mentored. And Mm -hmm. a lot of students want to be mentored. I actually mentored a student at Syracuse and he ended up getting a job at Syracuse University for the summer and a job at our high school simultaneously. And he was so bummed out about losing his other internship, and this turned out to be even better. My point is, now's the time to help the future generation, and especially with what's going on with mental health. So what I can do is I provide these custom panels where we can bring in alumni, or we can bring in other folks in my network or the school's network. Um, So for instance, we're in talks with Syracuse about doing it with the Newhouse School of Communications, and there's a huge alumni network. And I'm offering this to all colleges and schools. And it's, I'm really excited. People are really, really backing this. It's wonderful. Wow. It's really exciting. And I'm glad to hear that you have been so productive since we last talked on the podcast, Interview Mastery podcast. (laughs) (laughs) My other show, just for the listeners to know. (laughs) That's a great show, by the way. I'm not just saying that because I was on it. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. It's it's pretty new. And um you know as uh, we are coming to the end of the episode, I was wondering about books if you have anything that you would recommend to the listeners, maybe entrepreneurial mindset or business. And then also, you know, besides your book Get the Funk Out, maybe you have some books in mind. For instance, um one of the people I've had on my show before is Carrie Hannon and I believe she's written over 13 books. And she wrote this fantastic book, and it has to do with pivoting about finding your next chapter, especially as you get older. Um, it's called What's Next? Finding Your Passion and Your Dream Job in Your 40s, 50s, and Beyond. But she also released a new book about working in your pajamas. 
And I, I did a conversation with her and I jokingly said, I'll be right back. I have to get dressed for this. And I came back in like feety pajamas with ducks on them. And she, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I have a picture of her face. It was so funny. So um, cool. But Carrie Hannon, she's wonderful. H-A-N-N-O-N. She just offers a great amount of wisdom for, you know, money confidence to career guidance, switching, switching gears. Cause a lot of people have to switch gears out of necessity. I love anything by Brene Brown. And I had mentioned before on the other show, big magic, creative living beyond fear, Elizabeth Gilbert, because we do, we are fearful. Just like you talked about earlier, when you have an idea and somebody knocks it down and then you're done, you know? And, you know, people without bravery, there wouldn't be incredible films in this world without dedication. And people didn't always do it for money. They did it because they were passionate. Mm. And I'll just, I'll give you an example. I, um, as I said, I spend my evenings writing and I had this idea for a short script and I, I finished it and I thought, I don't want to show it to anybody. I don't. I don't want the. I don't want the judgment, the criticism, whatever. But I believe in it so much, and I can envision the conversations and the characters. So I submitted it to a film festival, mm-hmm. and I just found out last Friday that they loved it and it's accepted. It's a semifinalist as a TV pilot. Wow! Okay, wow! Congratulations! I've, thank you. I've never written a TV pilot, so people who are listening, write your life because, as I say. You couldn't make this stuff up, Tibor, right? Yeah. Like, imagine if somebody wrote a short script about your life right now, what your life is like. I'm sure you can find the funny, right? The funny moments. Yeah. And then the serious moments. Writing is is amazing. It's an amazing, amazing outlet, and you never know where it's going to lead you. Wow, you're a huge inspiration to me and hopefully to the listeners as well. And um, it just triggered so many stories in me, for example. You know, when I started architecture and I wanted to become an architect and I, I saw myself as an architect who changes the world and who has a positive impact on the world, you know, with designing buildings and, and especially homes for families. I was interested in that because as a child, I didn't have a nice uh, room or um, how do you say it? Yeah, I think room. <laughs> and I, I wanted to provide. I wanted to. I think that was my as I reflected on it on my story. That was my desire. And the reason why I became an architect, because my parents didn't told me what to become. So I kind of like chose architecture, I don't know, for, for mysterious reasons. And I think that was the reason. But a lot of people along the way, you know, six years university told me different things. And I listened to those people, for example, that designers don't earn much money. You can earn earn more money, for example, if you go and become a technical engineer or you work in production or sales or whatever. And I kind of like started following that path after university. And I realized that I just didn't like it. So I was in the corporate world for five years. And inside, I, I, I stayed that person who wanted to have an impact or a positive change yes. as an architect. And I think that identity stayed with me. And in the professional, in my professional life, I didn't see myself as that person. So I felt I needed to change. Now I don't know how this story came up. (laughs) I I love this story. Something uh, that you shared triggered this story. And uh, oh yeah, don't listen to, to let's say naysayers, right? So you have an idea 
and you want to put it out there. So don't listen to people, listen to yourself. <laughs> you know, I, and, then, and just a side note, I think I told you I came from corporate training and development and I worked in that industry for a very long time and I became very bored. It wasn't creative enough. I didn't see myself doing that long-term and I just jumped ship and I'd have people saying, don't you, don't you want to use your degree or what, what are you doing? And I didn't believe that was my passion long-term because if you're living your best life, it's non-linear. It's a bunch of twists and turns and meeting people and experiences. And, and that's what makes a beautiful life. Yeah. And I, I, I've heard you talk about it in one of your interviews actually, and um, that you said it wasn't creative enough and then you kind of like changed your career path. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's important for people to see that if you don't like what you do right now, it's never too late to shift gears and do something else. Play the guitar, whatever it is, right? <laughs> and when I think back to my teenage years, I, I now realize I was always like this because thankfully my, when I told my dad, you know, I don't want to work at the dry cleaners anymore after three summers. I think I want to, I think I want to sell ice cream in a truck. Yeah. And he actually said, okay, let's do the math and see if it's worth it. And it wasn't, okay, I want to paint houses. So I got a job painting houses. And wow. the point is, I just always loved new experiences. I couldn't agree more. I was bored in the corporate world. So that's why I, I see? yeah, um, we didn't talk about the growth mindset, but I was, I was bored, I think. And I needed more creativity and experiences. Wow. We are touching on some great topics here, but uh, before I ask my last question, please tell the listeners what's the best way to connect with you and learn more about you. Sure. They can visit my website, which is Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N.com. Uh, they can shoot me an email, info at JanineBernstein.com, and I'm on social media. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. And the links, uh, the book recommendations and the links are going to be in the show notes and available on our website, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast. And uh, I was wondering about this last question because you've mentioned that you're on, on your path. So with uh, Get the Funk Out and uh, Outside the Box, and I was wondering what's next. So what's next for you, Janine? I want to continue being the best version of myself. And I know people say that all the time, but I want to continue to be kind and compassionate and help people in any way I can, especially right now. So outside the box, the mentoring series, I mean, it's literally just launching and I am so excited about it. I'm so excited about making a difference, even if it's just in a few students' lives, just helping them see that there is there are wonderful opportunities ahead for them. Absolutely. So exciting. And thank you so much for being on the show. And I wish you good luck with your aspirations. And thank you again. Thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Mindset Horizon podcast. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, be sure to head to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, where you'll also have the ability to join the Mindset Nation community for more insight and empowerment to help you reach your full potential. That's all available exclusively on MindsetHorizon.com.